Hi, and welcome to Facts and Blog and Podcast. So Adrian and I both started out when we were very young, um, hunting and shooting. So we both started when we were five years old and um, we started out just going squirrel hunting with our dad. That's really how we were introduced to hunting into the outdoors um, and to shooting sports. We are going to be giving away one of their ultimate target stands, which mm, is a very nice giant device uh, as far as tables are concerned. Log, <laughs> click on episode 34 uh, for all the different ways to enter and the hog harvester giveaway is still on Jay, is this amateur hour to you? We want to extend our deepest gratitude to military, police, first responders, and more by saying thank you with special pricing and discounts on all facts and products. Here's how you get started. First, you'll head on over to our website, factsandfirearms.com. From there, you'll want to click support and guardian purchase program in the drop down. Then you'll see the instructions on how to get started. So let's just walk through those. First, you'll wanna register for an account on our website. If you've already bought something from us on our website before, then this part's already taken care of. Second, you'll want to send a copy of your credentials or some reasonable verification of affiliation to customer service at factionfirearms.com. We get a lot of emails where people are like, hey, will this count, will this ID count, will this VA card count? Chances are, yes, a lot of them will count, but make sure you attach an image or a copy of that verification to the email before you even ask customer service. That way they can expedite the process for you. As soon as the account has been created or updated, we will send you an email letting you know that you're ready to go. The discount will be available anytime online when you go to your shopping cart. If you have any more questions, please email customer service at factsandfirearms.com. Hi, and welcome to episode 34 of the Facts and Blogging podcast. We're so glad you're here today. We have an excellent show. Uh, two special guests from the Sportsman Channel series, Grace Camo and Lace. We have Allie and Adriana Armstrong. They're going to be talking to us a little bit about some of their favorite hunts, how they got into the industry, what it's like uh, shooting a TV show and still keeping up with school and family life and all the travel and things that go along with it. And we'll have links to their show and all their social channels in the show notes as well. Also, we have another great giveaway coming up on Jay's World of Eat, so make sure you stick around for that at the bottom of today's episode. Also, the Hog Harvester giveaway is still going on. You have a few more days to enter uh, to win a custom 300 blackout rifle from us here at Faxon, as well as some great uh, portions of the giveaway that are going to be sponsored by Hornady, uh, Caldwell, Old Timer, Crimson Trace, Rocky Boots, a ton more. Uh, so make sure you check that out it is a prize pack that's out valued at over four thousand dollars so you definitely want to get in on it but i will make one note in the promotional images the hog head is not included but uh you know maybe we could send you a lock of fur or something like that so without any further ado let's turn it over to our interview with ali and adriana armstrong of the tv show grace camo and lace on the sportsman channel well as promised uh we have the uh hosts of the grace camo and lace show on the sportsman channel we have ali and adriana armstrong with us and uh, they're going to be giving us a little bit of insight into what they do for the show and also some of just their hunting and shooting background so ladies thank you so much for joining us thank you yeah thank you for having us so before we get started which is ali and which is adriana 
So I'm Allie, and I'm actually the older sister of the two of us. Okay. And then I'm Adrian over here. All right, great, great. All right, we'll just make sure I don't put the wrong name underneath of you uh, <laughs> during the interview. So I, I gotta, I gotta ask right off the bat, how do you end up? Uh, you're in Southern Illinois. Yeah, I think you guys started this when you're both in high school and and doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, how do you get to a point where you're where you're making you know a, a produced TV show for something like the Sportsman Channel? How does that all get spooled up? So Adrian and I both started out when we were very young, um, hunting and shooting. So we both started when we were five years old and um, we started out just going squirrel hunting with our dad. That's really how we were introduced to hunting into the outdoors um, and to shooting sports. So we started out that way and then kind of worked our way up into deer hunting and turkey hunting here in Southern Illinois. Um, my dad and my grandpa had always gone out every year to Colorado for an elk hunt. And that was my absolute dream was to be able to go out to Colorado and elk hunt with them. It always um, sounded like so much fun. And the stories of the trips and adventures they had in the mountains there were just incredible. So I couldn't wait to get to go do that. Um, and I actually ended up getting to go out to New Mexico for the first time on an elk hunt when I was 10 and I got my first elk. Um, so since then we've done, you know, mule deer hunts, antelope hunts, bear hunts, um, all kinds of things. And we've kind of worked our way, you know, into more of the shooting side, especially in archery, actually. Um, I was recruited in high school to shoot on a collegiate archery team. Um, and I shot as a guest shooter for a couple of years while I was in high school. And then once I graduated high school, I was able to be on their team. Um, and we won two back-to-back -back national championships, which was pretty cool. Um, but all along, our dad had always filmed our hunts and anything that we had ever done. So we had yeah. a lot of archived footage and some great, you know, video collections of our hunts and shooting along the way. Um, and we actually put those together on a DVD called Armstrong's Outdoors. Um, so we just kind of sold those DVDs locally. Um, we passed them out to, you know, young hunters who are interested in watching and interested in getting into hunting. And we tried to encourage, you know, them to get in the outdoors and tried to encourage their parents to take them. Um, so that's kind of how we started out. And then we were able to get on TV shows um, like Cabela's Memories in the Field. She's Beyond the Lodge, which was she outdoor apparels TV show at the time. Um, and we did three seasons of Legacy Trails. So finally, after doing those shows, um, we decided, you know, we had enough footage available for us to use. And we started gaining, you know, more and more sponsorships to where we could branch off into our own show, which is now Grace Gamble and Lace. Very good. And so is, is your dad still the one that's doing a lot of the filming and post-production for you or who's taking care of all that? He yeah, is. he does yeah. do that. He does a really good job because he has a full-time job. He's a carpenter at a prison around where we live here. And so he has that full-time job. And then anytime he gets home from work, we'll go jump in the stand. He'll have the camera and we'll be hunting. And then, um, then he'll come home and edit and produce the show and everything like that and put it all together. So he's got like two full-time jobs going, yeah. but he does a really good job at that. So it's kind of cool to kind of keep like the whole production team is right here in the house. So if we need anything, we're just like, well, we'll run downstairs on the computer and right. get on there and do that. So yeah. do you guys have a lot of, you know, a lot of land where, where you live? Are you able to, to get out in the stand on your own property or do you have to, to travel for, for most of your hunts? Um, here in Illinois, the only place that we've ever hunted really is our own property. So we have about 300 acres right here where we live. And then we have another 200 acres um, of river bottoms property. 
And that's where we do all of our turkey hunting and deer hunting here in Illinois. Okay, very good. So you you guys yeah. said you started at at five years old, uh, each of you, and uh, kind of uh, kind of pursued your way out. And Adriana, I know that like on your bio on the website, you mentioned that you have a desire to get more women and children involved, you know, in hunting and and the shooting sports. You know, what what are some of the ways that uh, you guys are engaging in that? Because from our standpoint, uh, being a firearms manufacturer, you know, we see. Uh, especially with the pandemic and everything that's been going on in 2020, this huge spike in, in gun sales, you know, whether it be for hunting or personal defense or what have you. Uh, but we know that there's a lot of first time gun owners, um, you know, in the States that, you know, maybe may or may not have decided to be a gun owner just because of everything that's going on. So in spite of everything that's gone on in 2020, you know, what are some of the the efforts that, that you're part of in helping getting uh, uh, women and children, especially into the shooting sports? Well, I think a big part of that, of course, is always just get that message out there. And like, as me and my sister have been growing up, we make sure to go ahead and show just like pictures and videos of us when we were five years old, because that shows like you can do it. Like we're young girls when we were five going out there and doing it. And just um, we like to show how much patience our parents had with us. So that way it'll show like the parents, if you're trying to get your child involved in it, just have patience with them. It may not come just as quick as you would think but just have patience with them. And then as far as how we've grown up to the age that we are now, just getting that message out there, like, Hey, girls can do it. It's not that hard to get out there and do it. I mean, it is very tough sometimes, but you just have to kind of persevere. And I think one thing that we go ahead and try to do is just share a couple, just little tips and tricks for girls to go out there and do it and just be like, Hey, you're not going to kill a huge buck every single time that you go out there. It takes a little bit of time and just keep at it. Like, you'll get it. You just have to be kind of determined and willing to be dedicated to it. Yeah. For sure. And I'm assuming if you, if you're sitting on several hundred acres and such that you you've grown up in more of a, a rural community uh, where I'm assuming this was, you know, probably decent, you know, hunting and shooting sports, probably decently commonplace where you grew up, but you know, with all the activities that happen and all the extracurricular stuff that happens, especially as you're going through high school and college, you know, have you, were you always able to find people who did things similar to you that were involved in hunting and shooting that were involved in the outdoors, you know, where you were, did it ever, you know, run at odds with, you know, things that, that typically happen for you in, in high school and college? Um, where we live, we're actually very fortunate. There are several other people in our area that have the same interests as us. And we do find actually that there's people coming to our area, which we never thought would happen because we're such like a small town. But there's actually people coming from several different states that come here to hunt because we do have pretty big whitetail and there's a big amount of them here. So, um, yeah, I think we are pretty fortunate, though, that we have found a lot of other people with the same interests as us. And So I grew up when I first started high school, my mom actually coached the archery team. So that's kind of what really got me started. Whereas Allie, when she was in high school, she graduated four or five years before I did. So that archery team wasn't there for her. So we kind of have different experiences in that aspect. So I kind of got started with the archery team before she did as far as how our ages went. So Allie, if you want to talk about how you started on the SIC team? Yeah. So as I was saying, I was a guest shooter um, for Southeastern Illinois College. They had recruited me um, back in high school. But before that, um, we really, we didn't have S3DA um, at the time, which 
the students there are now so fortunate to have because it's a great organization that really prepares you for collegiate archery if you're looking to forward, you know, your archery career um, in college and earn scholarships and things like that. But before, um, really the biggest things that we had around was FFA and 4-H, which were great because they had divisions, you know, for shooting and for archery. Um, but it wasn't, you know, solely specific to the shooting sports and archery side of things. Um, so we are kind of a small area and I'm really glad to see that some of those opportunities are growing around here for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, being in a community that's, you know, more, you know, more open to it, I think is certainly helpful. You know, we, we sponsor some, some youth shooters where we are. And, and I know that, especially as you move to more towards a, a metro area where you're not so much in a rural setting, it's not even just about, you know, do I have a place to hunt or are other people around me hunting? But you also kind of get into the social and political aspect of, of firearms ownership and, and how that could be, you know, at odds with, um, you know, with the shooting sports, you know, whether it, uh, it be target archery, hunting, you know, what have you, I mean, have, have you, interfaced with anything like that? Have you ever had to, to deal with any, you know, social pushback or, uh, you know, as far as just being, you know, pro firearms? Um, we definitely see that more so not necessarily, um, in our small community, because for the most part, everybody is very supportive um, of that. But definitely once you get on a platform, you know, such as our TV show, or once you have social media, um, you know, to be quite honest, I mean, of course, we post anything that we're able to get, you know, deer pictures and coyote pictures and bear pictures and things like that. So when you are on a platform like that, um, you definitely see some of the, you know, some of the negative sides and some of the things where this isn't, you know, very normal to people. And sometimes people don't quite understand. But I like to think of that as a really great opportunity to help educate people about um, the outdoors and why we hunt and how important it is to hunt and um, to definitely exercise your Second Amendment right. Um, so even though it can be a little bit discouraging at times when there is that negative feedback, I like to look at it, like I said, as a good opportunity to help educate people, you know, as to why we do it and why we've chosen this lifestyle. Yeah, for sure. Now you, you guys have... Um you know, film footage of you going, you know, all over the States and, and doing different hunts and things. And I think some you've gone out with uh, some of your sponsors, is that correct to do different hunts and, and so on? What are some of the more, you know, recent ones that, that you've traveled for and what type of game were you looking for? So the last thing that we did was actually a black bear hunt in Washington state. We did that back in June and that was so much fun. Um, we got to see so many black bears and we had never actually been um, to that part of the United States. So it was so cool to see, you know, that landscape there um, and that land and get that experience. That one was a lot of fun. Yeah. And, and uh, one that we, sorry, no, go no, ahead. No, no, you're fine. Go for it. Um, one that we really like to do, which this year we didn't get to, but we always love to go out West with actually Quentin Smith is who my name popped up as, but <laughs> we go out with QRS specialties and we elk hunt in Colorado with him. And we usually try to do that every single year, but this year we're actually trading the elk hunt in for a couple different mule deer hunts that we've got coming up later this year. So that will be really exciting for us to go on. Yeah, for sure. Now, how does, um, you know, how does it work when you are, you know, um, scheduling all the shoots and things that you have to do? I'm assuming you probably have some sort of episode quota and so on that, that you, you have to hit for Sportsman Channel. You know, how do you balance that with, you know, school life, work life, family life? Like how, how does that all pan out for you? Or is it just 
whatever happens, happens, you know, what, what is, what is uh, keeping, keeping all the fires burning look like for you on a day to day? Um, so we definitely have a lot of irons in the fire between us all. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that is complicated and it's kind of a mix of the two, like you said. So we have 13 original episodes that air on Sportsman's Channel per season. Um, it'll actually end up being 26 episodes, but it airs 13 and then re-airs the same 13. Um, so within that, we like to get a good amount um, of variety in the show. So of course, we're going to have, you know, whitetail and turkey hunts because that's what we have, you know, here in Illinois that we like to hunt. But we also like to do, like Adriana was saying, a couple hunts out west, whether that be an elk hunt or a mule deer hunt. Um, so we like to have that amount of variety um, in a season. We also like to showcase, you know, some of the archery um, that we do because that's a big part of our lives, you know, doing all the archery tournaments. Um, but like you said, Adriana, she's still in college. Um, I was in college not that long ago, and now I'm actually a head archery coach at a college. Um, so there's definitely a lot to balance. And like you said, most of the time we try to plan everything out, but you know, so Sometimes yeah. you just <laughs> have to make it work sometimes. So <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, and I'd imagine, you know, you were doing this while you were both, you know, in high school too, at, uh, at some point. So I'd imagine that has quite the, quite the mix of, of scheduling and, and things that go on as well. Absolutely. And sometimes you do have to make those choices. You know, you're going to have to decide what takes priority, which isn't always the easiest thing to do anyway, but especially when you're in high school, you know, so you just have to, to choose what, what takes priority. So yeah, I think Adriana has done a good job with that these past few years. Kind of crazy sometimes, but I'd really like to say like, um, during high school, we had such great teachers at my school and everything. And they understood that some things that I would learn going on these trips is something that they couldn't teach me within the school walls. So they really tried to work with me and say, you know, like you're going to do a good thing. You can learn lessons out there that we can't teach you. So go do your thing and we'll get you caught up. So I was really appreciative of that and so thankful to come from a school that does that for me. Very good. Now with all the different hunts and things that you do, obviously you mentioned, you know, deer and turkey, you guys could do technically in your own backyard, if you will. But, you know, what are some of your more, you know, uh, favorite hunts? You know, is it the out West stuff? I mean, I saw you did some, uh, some predator type hunts. You've done all kinds of different things. What are your kind of go-tos that, that you're always looking forward to that are, that's uh, the most enjoyable game to go for? So my very favorite thing to hunt is elk. I love elk hunting. Um, I've gotten five bulls now, um, some with a rifle, some with a bow, and I love archery elk hunting. That has to be my favorite thing of all time. There's no better feeling than when you're after a bull elk. And if you've ever experienced it, you know, and it's hard to really know um, until you do experience, but a screaming, you know, bull elk bugling right beside you, there's no other feeling like it. And I love it because, you know, of course an elk has more characteristics like whitetail here. Um, of course they act more so like a whitetail, but the response that you get when you call them in and they bugle back at you is the kind of, you know, feeling that you get while you're turkey hunting and you get a turkey to gobble back at you. So I love that it kind of combines two of my passions from back home, but yet I'm out West, the animal's bigger. It's so much fun. And then I just love being out West for one thing. I just feel like that's really, you know, the lifestyle that I enjoy. So it's really neat to be out there and, you know, be in that scenery and be in the mountains where they are. Yeah. How about you, Adriana? Same thing. Is it going out West as an elk? You know, what's your kind of go-to? Yes. I love going out West, like Allie said, to hunt elk. But one thing that we've tried to make, like one of our top priorities is early spring, we go out to Nebraska and hunt turkeys with Heritage Outfitters. 
and they have an insane amount of turkeys. Like around here, I thought we had like quite a few. And then we go out there and we get on like 200 birds or something crazy like that. And so we each usually get about two tags each. So it's just so crazy to go out there every morning and you can just hear like 50 gobbles at once. So that's kind of crazy to go out there. So we really like that one too. And how, how do you manage, um, you know, getting all of the, you know, with all the traveling, getting the tags and getting the licenses and permits? I mean, is that, I mean, I, I could just see like a giant spreadsheet of just all the different <laughs> yes. places and states like, okay, we have tags for here, hunting license expires there, you know, do, are your sponsors and guides helping you out with that? Or is that something you have to kind of do your own research for? Yes. So of course, um, when it all comes down to it, it's up to you. You have to make sure you're in check with everything. Um, but both with QRS Outdoor Specialties, which is where we elk hunt and out in Nebraska um, with Heritage Outfitters Nebraska, they are so good. They are very knowledgeable um, on all the rules and regulations for their state. And so they can give us a heads up and say, here's what we need to do. This is what we need to get. So we are able you know, to work with them really closely to make sure we have what we need. But like I said, when it comes down to it, it's on you. So you have to make sure that you know all the most recent rules and regulations. So of course we go to their website and we're able to review everything to make sure that we have all that we need. But like you said, it is sometimes a big task to make sure, you know, cause you've got your, your tags and your licenses and you have to double check your seasons and make sure you're good on that. So yeah. It's kind of a lot to keep together. <laughs> yeah, it's a, that's a lot. I mean, you know, uh, for most of us who who just kind of, you know, hunt when it's in season, you know, a lot of us here in, in Southern Ohio, it's a lot of, uh, you know, it's a lot of deer, you know, we're doing a, a hog hunt giveaway right now, you know, so we get some of the predator type stuff going on, but it's, you know, it's basically you wait till your season, you, you renew your license, you get your tag. I, I could just imagine if you're doing all this traveling and all this different type of game that it, uh, that it's quite the, uh, administrative task to, to keep things up and going, keep things (laughs) up and going. So, I mean, targeting back to an earlier question, you know, say there is, um, uh, you know, a 12, 13, 14 year old girl that's looking to get into the shooting sports, you know, what, what would you say to them? What would be your, your first bit of advice, uh, as far as, you know, how to get started and kind of where to look for resources? So the first thing that I would do, um, the best advice that I would have would be to reach out to a mentor, somebody that you know that has been in the outdoors um, for a long time and you know that they're you know, on the up and up with things. I would reach out for a mentor, somebody, you know, ideally that's pretty local um, that can help them with advice. Of course, the first thing that they want to be able to do is outfit them, you know, with something that's going to work for them, whether that be a gun or a bow, um, something that's appropriate for them. Um, And just to shoot and to see if they even like, you know, shooting either that gun or that bow. And so once they ease into the shooting side of things, um, I would recommend, you know, definitely starting out with probably small game. That would probably be the best thing to do. Um, Just kind of like how we started out with squirrel hunting, because there's always going to be, you know, usually some type of action and it's fun, you know, and it's kind of light and you can experience, you know, cleaning them, but not having to drag a big deer out right away. You get kind of all the experiences that you would get with any other kind of hunting, but just on a smaller level. And it's still a lot of fun. Um, so I would recommend starting out small with that, definitely outfitting yourself in the right, you know, gun or bow, um, reaching out to a mentor that can help you, you know, with those things that can maybe take you on your first hunt or go to the sporting goods store with you to pick out the right gun or bow for you. Um, and then also, really working with them to make sure that you're shooting that gun or bow correctly. Um, that would be some of my best pieces of advice. 
Yeah, for sure. Well, I really appreciate you taking some time and, uh, you know, being on the show with us and uh, uh, kind of giving some insight into what your guys' day-to-day is like. It's it's quite the schedule, and uh, it looks like even though pandemic and all that sort of stuff is happening, you're still able to go out and do what you love, which is fantastic. Um, so where could people find you? Where could they find you on uh, social? Uh, you know, when do you air on the Sportsman channel? I believe you're also on Hunt TV. So where, where could people find more about you? Yes. Yeah, so we have our website, which is gracecamelandlace.com. Um, but we're also on both Facebook and Instagram. And both of those are Grace Camel and Lace. Um, but then we also have our individual pages, Allie Armstrong, Grace Camel and Lace, and Adriana Armstrong, Grace Camel and Lace. Um, like you said, we air during the first and second quarters of the year on Sportsman's Channel. And those days are Wednesdays at 3.30 p.m., um, Saturdays at 2 p.m. and 11 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, so those are our air times. Um, then we are also on Hunt Channel TV, and that is available on Roku, Amazon Fire TV, and Apple TV, as well as a few other digital media platforms. Awesome. Very good. Well, thank you both for being on. We hope to talk to you again soon, and we're, we're eager to keep up with all of, uh, all of your different hunts. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you thank so much you. for having right, us. If you're looking to up your game for gun cleaning and maintenance, you have to check out the Tipton Ultra Gun Vice. Uh, This thing is amazing. It's incredibly modular, uh, pretty lightweight, but really, really heavy duty, all the way down to the steel tube frame, all these different modular pieces and parts, even the accessory trays are solvent resistant, and uh, they have excellent gripping pads to make sure that you don't scrape up the gun that you're working on. Even work on things like crossbows, so if you want some that's going to be the one-stop vice for all of your gun cleaning and maintenance needs. You definitely need to check them out. Uh, You could head to tiptonclean.com to check out all the specs, all the reviews, see some more photos uh, of this vice in action. We're actually going to be using this particular one for some research and development projects uh, for some new products from Faxon coming up soon, and we're excited to share both those products and the footage of the testing with you. Uh, So again, Visit tiptonclean.com and check out the Ultra Gun Vice. I think their product headline says it best, ring steel, not your ears. If you haven't checked out uh, episode 27 of the Facts and Blogging podcast, we actually spoke uh, to Jared from Caldwell Shooting about some of their uh, extensive line of hearing protection and accessories. One of the things that they sent out to us was a set of their Emac Shadows. And the nice thing about the Emac Shadows is not only are they excellent ear protection for the range or for training, or even when you're just mowing your lawn or working with power tools, uh, but they also are a Bluetooth headset. So if you're into earbuds and power beats and AirPods and all that kind of thing, you can still get great stereo sound, dual microphones and device control all right here from the shadows. And again, when you use those foam tips, uh, you also get a 25 dB noise reduction rating as well. So if you're out on the range all day, you're working on a project in the garage, you wanna listen to music, you still need to take calls, that sort of thing, no need to be taken on and off the giant muffs. You could just have a pair of shadows in and you can find these over at caldwellshooting.com. And don't forget to check out our whole episode about hearing protection with Caldwell at faxandfirearms.com slash blog.
Hi, and welcome to another installment of Jay's World of Eats. We are doing the hybrid setup this week. Oh, yeah. Old school workbench style, but still in the, the new space. Still trying to get a feel for this. What's the best setup? For, yeah, what's the best setup? Yeah. You know? Plus, I miss your nearness since I we don't share an office anymore. Right. It's sort of like having the, you know, the table yeah. space for the snacks, you know. You can really see the custom cheese board a lot better. Custom cheese board. Very yeah. nice. Also very nice. Um, this week, Jay's World of Eats is brought to you by our friends at Caldwell Shooting. We are going to be giving away one of their ultimate target stands, which mm, is a very nice giant device uh, as far as tables are concerned. Uh, but we'll be giving away one of these stands as well as a Caldwell uh, Yeti tumbler. Uh, so make sure you visit. <laughs> it's like weird calisthenics. <laughs> make sure you visit. Uh, factsandfirearms.com slash blog <laughs> click on episode 34 uh, for all the different ways to enter and the hog harvester giveaway is still on Jay is this amateur hour <laughs> to you <laughs> Uh, we uh, uh, make sure you click on uh, episode 34 to enter for the Caldwell. But also, if you want to get in on the Hog Harvester giveaway, you can find that on our homepage. Uh, just a few more days left on that. Over $4,000 uh, worth of a prize pack, including a custom 300 blackout rifle from uh, us here at Faxon, as well as custom laser and Cerakote work from uh, our buddy Tom at One Off Coding LLC. So make sure you get in on that. Yeah, very nice. Now, Jay, very I, nice. I, I gave you a heads up that I have a bit of a gimmick this week. Oh, yeah. What's what's the gimmick? Well, well now that we've done a few of these, I, I've noticed you say my name in a very particular timbre. And I don't know mm. if you've noticed this. So I've uh, cut together a little video for you to watch here. We'll throw it up for our, listen <laughs> or for our listeners and our mm. watchers as well. But uh, I just want you to get an idea of what you sound like. Here we go. Now, I know that Jay's World of Eats is something of a fluff segment. <laughs> I thought we were having a nice conversation. Yeah, we were. But is that what this is? Yeah, why don't you go for a grape, Dustin? Today's snack, Dustin. <laughs> Roast chicken, uh, potato, uh, what's the word? Chips? No, crisps. Oh, crisps. crisps. Oh, this is British. He set me up. I totally set you up. Well, Dustin, I didn't want to tell you before you ate it. Well, Dustin. <laughs> I don't know about their refrigeration requirements, Dustin. Bye. Or if I guess your name's Dustin. Permanent groom, Dustin. <laughs> My yes. demands have been met, Dustin. Hey, this custom is cheese incredible. Board. Jay. Dustin. Dustin. Like disdain or mistrust? I don't or, know uh, what's in your voice. It's uh, Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> Dustin. Well, Dustin. Anyway, well, I just thought I'd Dustin. throw that out there to get that out of the way yeah. right off the bat. Yeah, very I mean, nice. I find it very endearing, but uh, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Endearing. <laughs> endearing Definitely. Even when I'm mad. <laughs> Definitely. Well, Jay, you uh, have uh, quite, the, uh, quite the smorgasbord this week. Well, Dustin, Dustin. <laughs> I yes, do have Jay. a little bit of a surprise for you. Okay. I have some Jay Wilson homemade oh. peach jam that I canned homemade. the other day. Very homemade. nice. <laughs> that I homemade. Oh, yeah, that I homemade. Made at home. Oh, Ooh, you got hear that? that? Yeah. Uh, hear yeah. that little... It means it's nice and sealed and there's no yeah. extra bacteria in there. Nice and sealed. I canned it. I hot water bath, you know, processed my jam. So, <laughs> crackers, jam. Okay. Now, is there anything weird in here that I need to be worried Justin, about? what the hell are you talking 
Well, you know, sometimes you'd make me eat dried fish and well, eat rotted cabbage. Well, Dustin, why don't mm-hmm. we uh, try this peach jam and then right. we can discuss it. <laughs> I have no you idea. You got to taste the jam and then, you know, maybe put it on some nice cheese on our cheese board. I, I find it curious that Kurt just now walks in to watch this. All right, here we go. <laughs> Ooh, it's hot. This is actually that spicy jam, habanero peach jam, Dustin. That is quite good, though. The habanero quite. harvest was pretty pretty huge at Casa del J. <laughs> so uh, you grow your own habaneros? Yeah. Oh, I've sort of run out of things to use habaneros on. So jam it was. I've been making a lot of jerk chicken. Mm. Jam it was. Jam it was. That tastes good, though. <laughs> I was no. trying to make you unexpectedly sweat on camera. Yeah. And I think you preempted that by showing a video of me doing weird things and making me sweat. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. This makes me sweat a little bit, but. I do. I like spice. You know, I like heat. I like flavorful heat. I had Robbie come in and question you about your spice tolerance uh, last week. He did. It and was, I found it was that his. Odd. It was his idea to uh, ambush you with this. Yeah, he so. comes up behind me. He's just like, "Hey, you like spicy <laughs> hey, stuff? You like spicy stuff?" And I'm like, <laughs> "I guess." I mean, he goes, "Well, I got some stuff for you." I'm like, oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> so I'm, Wonderful. I'm so excited. Robbie. Wonderful, Robbie. Yeah. Now, what's on the cheese board? So, you know, a cheese board, a little chunk of brie for eating with the jam. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're, you know, of the... Of the brie variety? Brie and jam, you know, fan club, but... What's the deal with 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 brie? I feel like people take it or leave it, or they're just like some people are just super against the soft cheeses. You know what I mean? Like there's what like a, some, what a terrible stand to take <laughs> out of all those the social people, causes. Those people need to reevaluate their lives. Out of all the social causes, the soft cheeses are a delicious variety of cheeses. Dustin. Yes. Now I remember when my wife was pregnant she wasn't allowed to have soft cheeses do you know that i didn't realize that dustin this is six years ago five six years ago my daughter's five now so i guess it would be roughly that time frame but they said like yeah like gotta be careful like deli meats um and soft cheeses, mm. and I guess anything so. You want me to go collect. on a rant about nitrates? Is that <laughs> oh, what you're is that trying to do? Yeah. No, but now, yeah, okay. Hit me, hit no, me no. with the nitrate rant. No, nitrite? I'm not. I'm not nitrate. Nitrite. Nit- mm, I don't know the difference. Salt bath and nitrites. Yeah. Salt bath nitriting. I don't know the difference between those. Mm. To be honest. And in true J fashion, that is some up to temperature cheese. It's been sitting out all day, Dustin. I think that's what the OBGYNs were worried about for, for the babies. <laughs> I, I maybe not eat so much stuff that's just kind of sitting out. All right, Jay, you you have kind of like a uh, backlog of snacks to get to because people have, of snacks. have found you to give snacks to to then bring to us. Yeah. Uh, so what else do you have tucked away? So from John Farner, who's appeared 
multiple times on the yeah. show. Mm-hmm. He just got back from Gatlinburg and has brought us uh, some chocolate-dipped gummy bears. Okay. Which uh, are actually pretty interesting. They're... Uh, it got some weird texture thing going on that I really like. You know, the chocolate sort of melts in your mouth, and then the gummy bear has, you know, gummy it's gumminess. bear gumminess. It's not uh, sugar-free so, Harbro gummy bears from Amazon, are they? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, you, I you promise familiar? I will not do that to you. I have read the reviews. They're incredible. Yeah, if uh, uh, you're not familiar, uh, you should probably reviews. just Google sugar-free <laughs> gummy bear reviews. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. It's pretty great. Pretty good. I think I've had something like this before. I do like it. I really like the the different textures. You know, I'm not normally like uh, a fan of mixing like fruit flavors and chocolate very much. Really? I just don't do it very much. You don't much. Like, like berry ice creams with chocolate? Like mm. Grater's Black Raspberry Chip? That Let is- me rephrase that. I don't like mixing fake fruit flavors and chocolate. Okay. So I feel like gummy bears sort of have, have you know, like a distinct, like, you know, fake fruit taste that, that I love. Mm-hmm. But pairing that with chocolate sort of weirds me out. Yeah. You know, like real fruit and chocolate. Uh, yeah, works for me. But so we have. Uh, What's this milk chocolate? Milk chocolate, chocolate and dark chocolate. All right. Two comments on this. Really not about the candy, more of a jumping off point. <laughs> Working on my segues. Uh, the the gummy bears. Now, I know you're, even though I have aged more poorly than you, uh, you're a little older than me. Do you remember mm. the gummy bear TV show? That was like a no. cartoon show they had of gummy bears, which I thought... <laughs> was insane <laughs> and i remember as a kid like why would i want to eat my bear friends like that seems oh, murderous yeah. and sad that's terrible i don't remember that you don't remember the gummy bear tv show <laughs> right jay were people were eating them in the show <laughs> was it like like was there ever no. an episode where like one of the characters got its head bitten off or no i think that's more like a sour patch kid commercial mm-hmm. yeah yeah right well that's uh that's good times yeah. Have you ever tried, speaking of chocolate-covered, segue, uh, have you ever tried with all the crazy <laughs> chocolate-covered, like, bug stuff at Jungle Gyms? Are you down with Dustin, that? Dustin, that is Jay? one thing that I will not be ever eating on this show is bugs. Yeah. I have uh, a very strong... Uh, <laughs> Aversion to bugs, and I've specifically informed the entire shop that if they're bringing me in things to try, it better not contain bugs. Um, <laughs> Out of all the things you eat, I guess you got to draw a line somewhere. You got to draw a line somewhere, and for me, it's bugs. I I cannot, um, I can't stand bugs in any setting, uh, <laughs> Let much alone less in your, uh, in your dietary <laughs> habits. Well, so. <laughs> So, since you travel a lot, do you and June ever do the Smoky Mountains? You guys ever go to Gatlinburg? You know, we we haven't um, we haven't ever actually been to Gatlinburg. Um, we passed through on our way home from a wedding down south, and um, what's what's right outside of Gatlinburg? Pigeon Forge. Yeah, we stopped in Pigeon Forge yeah. uh, for a moonshine tasting, mm-hmm. and um, 
and then a uh, sobering back up after moonshine tasting. <laughs> um, you know, so that's the only time we've ever, you know, been in that vicinity. We've never actually been down there. Yeah, like not this last winter because of the pandemic, but it was like February or March of 2019. We went with some of our family and took our daughter to Disney. Uh, yeah. Disney World, Florida. So we were driving back and we decided to break up the trip a little bit. And my wife as a kid had been to the Smoky Mountains in Gatlinburg like a bunch. Yeah. And I had never been. So we just go there to like stay the night and get some food, just stay at a lodge somewhere with a pool for, for our daughter to swim. And I remember looking around here and going, this is where all white people vacation. <laughs> like, like I go, like I, I just look around at the complete lack of diversity. Going, ah, this is where we're supposed to go. I, I had no idea. I had no idea. I missed the memo. Missed the is, memo. I missed the memo. And and something else like down here because my wife grew up in Cincinnati. And like talking to you and Kurt when you guys are like doing like weekend trips or whatever. Everybody goes south here. You know, and I, yeah. I came up in, in Columbus, and so, like, you, a lot of times we'd go to Lake Erie. You know, you'd, yeah, like, go right. to the islands and stuff. Like, everybody here seems to seems to venture south, and that's obviously where John and his yeah. bride went. Yeah. Huh, that's sort of interesting. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Marinate on that one Right, I mean, if I'm ever going on, like, a weekend or a day trip, it's almost always south. You don't yeah. want to, like, drive three hours and stay in Ohio. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Good times. Well, John, thank you for this. Yeah, thank you, John. Uh, so if you ever have uh, any uh, snacks or things you want us to try, you could always email us, podcast at factsandfirearms.com. No, no bugs for No Jay. bugs. No bugs for me either. Yeah. Also, don't forget that we are giving away uh, the uh, Caldwell Ultimate Target Stand as well as a Caldwell Yeti Tumbler. All you need mm. to go do is go to factsandfirearms.com slash blog and click on episode 34 for all the ways to enter. Very nice. Dustin. Jay. Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> Dustin. <laughs> for those of you who have been watching the podcast for a while, you may know that uh, we had Ryan Donahue from Crimson Trace on for one of our episodes to talk all things optics and red dots and some of the exciting things that CT has coming up. But I just wanted to share one of my personal favorite products of theirs, and that is their Railmaster Pro, the CMR204. So not only is it a tactical light, it's also a laser, and it has all of the industry-proven technology that Crimson Trace has been known for for so many years. But they're not just limited to things like lights and lasers. They've made a big splash in the electro optics game, whether it's looking at something like a traditional rifle scope or maybe even their new battle optic, which you may or may not have seen in some TV shows and movies recently, they have a lot to offer. So obviously you're going to be seeing some more stuff uh, of Crimson Trace popping up with us here at Facts and Firearms. You may have even seen it uh, staged on our limited edition Mustang rifle that came out in the spring of 2020. Again, lots of cool stuff from them. Just like the CMR204 or anything in their Railmaster series, we would encourage you to check them out at crimsontrace.com.
You know, it's no secret that the things that you keep in your gun safe are important. They're valuable. They're things that you want, you need, you need to hold on to, whether it's just your firearms and supplies, or I know a lot of people like to use their gun safes to hold things like tax returns and other important documents, family photos. All of those things are incredibly important. And to help keep better track of it and better maintenance on those items, Lockdown has a series of devices and utilities and tools to help keep those things that you treasure safe. One of my personal favorites that we actually use here in the office quite a bit uh, around our storage for cameras and lighting and things like that is just one of their dehumidifiers. Now they have lots of other stuff. You may have already heard of the golden rod. You've heard a lot of stuff about the lockdown puck, uh, which is a smart device to help keep your gun drawer, your safe, your tools, even your wine cellar safe uh, and checking up on the humidity and the atmosphere in those places as well. We did a great episode with Lockdown several weeks back that you can check out at factsandfirearms.com slash blog, where we go through pretty much their entire product line and everything from the Lockdown Puck to dehumidifiers to even things like, you know, storage, rack shelving, things of that variety, keeping your safe, keeping your gun room clean, organized, and protected and you can even get something like this one of their room or gun safe dehumidifiers if you're looking to organize that space in your home again whether it's for your gun safe or just anything that you hold valuable we'd recommend you go to lockdown.com thank you for watching we hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you haven't already we would love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app obviously you could find the video on your favorite video app uh, whether it be facebook watch youtube vimeo and several others uh, but also the audio uh, portions as well you can grab at uh, apple podcasts spotify google podcasts and a whole lot more you can find all of the links to all of those various outlets at factsonfirearms.com slash blog don't forget to enter into the hog harvester giveaway again a custom 300 blackout rifle that's going to be flanked by over four thousand uh, dollars in a prize pack giveaway uh, stuff from crimson trace caldwell shooting supplies lockdown rocky boots hornady ammo and a lot more so make sure you check that out again you can find all the ways to enter at factsandfirearms.com and as always if you have comments questions uh, things you'd like to get answered on the podcast even guest suggestions we would love to hear from you uh, please email us at podcast at factsandfirearms.com and we will do our best to get those on the air thank you so much again for joining us and we'll see you next week hi and welcome hi and welcome to the facts and blog and podcast